Hey guys, Brian Jodas here. Thanks for supporting the show. Please subscribe and send our show to your friends and family and uh, go find us on social media. It helps out a ton, helps us spread this awesome message. Last week, I introduced you guys to my friends at Onnit and talked about Alpha Brain. Well, here's some more. Onnit is a health and fitness juggernaut dedicated to delivering total human optimization through a wide array of products and supplements. Onnit combines cutting edge science, earth-grown nutrients, and time-tested strategies to help people reach peak performance. You want to be in that zone. You want to be in the zone like my man Joe Rogan. He's an on-it guy, along with countless of other athletes, thinkers, fitness gurus, entrepreneurs, and yes, of course, podcasters. Whether you're climbing mountains or biking down them, building businesses or closing sales, crushing morning burpees or running a marathon, Onnit is the brand you want in your back pocket. As one of the fastest growing health and fitness companies in the world, Onnit refuses to bring anything but the very best to market. Onnit's diverse lineup of products and supplements, including that flagship product, Alpha Brain, like we talked about last week, they are all backed by science and research. And here's what we're going to do. We've got 10% off for Pick Up the Six listeners. Just visit onnit.com, O-N-N-I-T, and use the promo code PICK6, P-I-C-K-S-I-X at checkout. Go to onnit.com, use the promo code PICK6 at checkout, and save 10% today. Let's get on it. In 2005, Amber Smith and her friend Heather set out on a two and a half month cross country trek to do good. Along the way, they conducted random acts of kindness in over 20 states. The spark from that trip lives on today through Activate Good and their mission to improve communities through people powered projects for good. Let's meet Amber and let's do some good on this episode of Pick Up the Six Podcast. Amber Smith, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Excited to have you today. Uh, my good friend and your good friend, Maggie Kane, episode three of Pick Up the Six podcast said, hey, Brian, you got to talk to Amber Smith. <laughs> got to get Amber on Pick Up the Six. And I said, Maggie, anybody and everybody you tell me to interview, like Dean Ogan uh, from a couple weeks ago, we do, and uh, and so here we are, Amber. So it's good to good to see you, and good to talk to you, and good to uh, to get our listeners a chance to meet you. So thanks for doing this. Yeah, thanks. I love Maggie. That's that's awesome. Ball of energy, right? Ball right. of energy. That's how I describe her. <laughs> it's pretty much the easiest way to sum up what she is in life. Ball of energy exuding, uh, exuding good. All right, so let's get to know Amber Smith a little bit. Going to talk about that two and a half month journey uh, of doing good across the nation. But Amber, where are you from? What's your story? Well, that's a complicated question. I have lived in North Carolina in the in the Triangle area since I was a kid. So to, the simple answer to that question is I'm from here. Sure. Um, lived in Detroit before that, um, but definitely did all of my coming of age and growing up stuff here in North Carolina. Lots, yeah. lots of great memories. So Amber's in my backyard. You guys know uh, from conversations we've had before, and man, we've got pick up the six stories that span uh, the United States. You mean parts of the globe? Uh, but in my backyard here, I'm just outside of Raleigh, and so Amber's not too far from where I'm at, and part of just that local great connection of people in and around this area. That it's an ever growing area, but it's also an ever growing area of love and community outreach and impact. I mean, Raleigh's pretty incredible 
place for that. And, and, uh, and being around folks like Maggie and Dean and getting to hear your story today. And we're going to talk to uh, the team over at three, two, one coffee coming up about the incredible work they're doing uh, to empower members of their community, incredibly blessed and, and, uh, and feel very grateful to be in an area where people give back so much. Have you noticed that just in your time being in and around this area? What, what is going on here with that? I think that you're, you're definitely onto something. Um, I, I joke sometimes that I feel like I, I live in this like rose colored bubble because everyone I know around me, everyone in my network and community, um, is out there doing good in some form or fashion. Um, and I know sadly that's not always the entire world, but it feels like my entire world. And so, um, it really, really keeps you going, you know, it motivates you because there's so many out there who care and they want to, they want to make a difference. It's that old adage, right? You know, you are the sum of the five closest people around you, but if you keep surrounding yourself with people who are just doing so much good, or what I found kind of to your point too, is the more you see people doing it, you get around them. You're like, well, I could do more of this. I could do a little bit more of that. I could add this into my community. And if we keep doing that, maybe we just keep shoveling good at stuff and good things can happen. That's what we're going to talk to you about today. Activate Good, this organization that you're a huge part of that you've been running for a while now, but it, it does. It goes back to 2005. That's part of your story in this cross-country trek that we talked about where you hit over 20 states. So take me back to 05 and how that trip kind of took shape and, and what the heck were you doing out there? Yeah, I think, you know, what you just said about when people see good, they do more good. Uh, I think that is basically the spirit of how we got started. Um, long time ago, <laughs> um, my best friend, Heather and I, uh, had been volunteering a lot. Um, we wanted to make a difference. We weren't quite sure how to get started. And, um, a, <laughs> okay, let me pause. Let me take you back even further sure, than that. Sure. Um, hopefully you have time for this. Long well, hop in the way back machine. We can dial <laughs> it up. We'll go wherever you want to take us. Okay. So there are so many potential origins and like starting points for this story, but I'm going to start um, back when I was a teenager and I was working at a, a bakery in Raleigh. Um, we were getting ready to close and uh, it was like 8.59 PM. We close at nine. This gentleman walks in and, you know, me and my coworkers share a look because that's the customer dude, coming in. Come I'm like, on, we're shutting right. her down. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, so I'm, I continue with my cleaning up duties to prepare for closing for the night. And I take my broom and I start sweeping kind of like close to the table. <laughs> like, so he would notice, um, you know, in sort of that passive aggressive teenage way. Mm-hmm. Um, and he looks up at me and he smiles and he, he says, hello, what's your name? And I'd say, yeah, hi, I'm Amber. Um, and we have a little bit of other, uh, chit chat and then just kind of out of nowhere, I don't really know what prompted him to do this, but he asked me, you know, so what do you want to do with your life and when you grow up and stuff? And, um, that was fine with me. I like to jump right into the deep questions. I'm, you know, partial introvert like that, but, um, so without thinking, I just blurted out my answer. And that was, I want to change the world. Um, and I'd said this before and, you know, people, the grownups give you the look and they're like, oh, that's so cute. Or, mm-hmm. or, uh-huh. Yeah. Just kind of like rolling with it and, um, not necessarily giving me too much credit for my teenage aspirations. But um, this guy, he smiled very sincerely and he said, I have someone you should meet. 
And he introduced me to his lawyer friend who is part of a service club called Kiwanis. Um, perhaps you've heard of Kiwanis International. And um, that gentleman invited Heather and I to come volunteer. And that was our first sort of introduction to volunteering. We kind of knew like of volunteering and, and helping your community, but um, it wasn't really something that occurred to us ironically, that was something we should do. Um, so when we were introduced to this gentleman and he invited us to come volunteer, we did. We started volunteering for everything. Uh, some of my fondest memories are out in the crazy North Carolina weather doing all sorts of things. And there was one winter where it just snowed like a lot. And you know that that's unusual. Mm -hmm. But we still went out to volunteer at um, what is now Carolina Tiger Rescue. We were climbing up on things like building habitats for rescued tigers. Um, and there's just something about uh, exerting yourself and, and like being a little uncomfortable while you're helping a cause that somehow deepens its impact for you. Um, perhaps you've experienced something like that. Um, but just so many fond memories, so many different ways to get involved in the community that we tried out. We did the rescue tigers. Um, we served meals at the men's shelter. We did like a marketing campaign to help raise awareness about kids experiencing homelessness. We did all sorts of things. And what Heather and I quickly realized was we could not pick a favorite thing that we wanted to focus on. There was no like all, favorite. Like all these things, right? They're all right. cool things to do. And, and not just cool, but uh, important, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, we wanted to make a deep impact for all of them, but there's only so much time in the day. We're only two people. Um, and uh, at some point, it, we realized after a couple of years of doing all this volunteering, that if we're going to amplify our impact, we had to kind of look at things a little bit differently. So this takes me to leading up to the road trip story. <laughs> Let me ask you something before the road trip story. This yeah. is really neat. What do you think brought him in there that night? I mean, of all the times, <laughs> right, as you're closing to be sitting there with that, I mean, open heart to even ask you, what do you want to do with your life? It's pretty incredible. It is. And you know, what's so funny is um, that gentleman and I are still friends today. Um, we reconnected on Facebook uh, several years ago and have Very been cool. staying in touch. So he knows, I hope he knows the impact he made on, on my life. Um, just being kind of a random encourager <laughs> to yeah. a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> um, people come into your life like that. You yeah. Know, even when really you're not is. looking, even when you're not looking. Very cool. Yeah. Um, and so after a couple of years of volunteering and, and learning about all of the different causes that are out there and that need help, mm -hmm. um, Heather and I fast forward a couple of years. It's our sophomore year of college. We sit down one night and we talk and we're like, okay, what are we going to do? Um, how are we going to make a, an even bigger impact than we've been able to make so far? Um, and I look at her and I say, <clears throat> let's do it. Let's, save up money this summer and go across the country <laughs> to volunteer and see if we can start some kind of like a movement of giving back and helping your community as we go. Um, and so we did it. We saved up like 800 or a thousand dollars that summer, which spoiler alert was definitely not enough <laughs> to do this. Um, uh, we, we underestimated. <laughs> yeah. Um, we saved up, we left, um, that fall took college off that semester. She quit her job. Um, my mom was okay with it. 
Uh, <laughs> it worked out. Um, and just got in my car and started driving. And we stopped in over 20 states, um, volunteered along the way, met all sorts of uh, leaders in the community and nonprofits and talked to them, learned more about their cause. And the other thing we did was we talked to people that we met. We wanted to understand if people weren't already involved in their communities, why? What was going on? There? Mm -hmm. We didn't want to uh, believe that it was because they didn't care. Um, unfortunately, we learned that that wasn't the case at all, because when we talked to people, they would always consistently respond with the same thing. And they would respond with, yeah, you know, I've wanted to get involved. I've been thinking about getting involved, but I'm just not sure how to get started. And that, you know, I'd felt that too as a teenager. Um, but that gave us some very important information. What that told us was it wasn't they didn't care. There was just a disconnect. It was either the knowledge or not understanding what was going to be a good fit for them personally um, to match their interests, their skills, their schedule, et cetera. Um, or in some cases, maybe they hadn't ever been invited or felt yeah. welcome in a yeah. space where they could serve and, and help their community. So Heather and I came back and we started this organization with a mission of connecting people who want to do good, but maybe aren't quite sure how to get started to all of those ways that they can. I want to talk a little bit more. Yeah, no, it's a very long answer. No, it's incredible. It's so neat. I want to talk a little bit more about what the organization is doing now, the logistics of it, the kind of impact. But let's go back into that trip a little bit. I mean, over 20 states, you probably got to see some neat things. You probably got to spend a lot of quality time together and have a lot of, I'm sure, conversations on the journey. But tell me a couple of stories that maybe stick out from, from that trip. I mean, you saw a ton, you met a ton, but Who'd you meet along the way, right? Who who jumps out to you from that trip? Yeah, um, lots of lots of people. Um, one really awesome part of the trip um, that I'll share with you is that we started the trip with the two of us, but we did not end with the two of us. <laughs> mm. um, as we went along the way, three other people joined us as well. Um, one was my cousin. Um, another was a random guy we met on the internet from Canada. <laughs> um, <laughs> I do not recommend people try this today. Um, and the other was... Uh, 2005 is a little different. A little different. <laughs> right, right. We're so innocent back then. Mm -hmm. um, and another was uh, a gentleman who was a roommate of a guy we stayed with in Chicago that Heather knew from the internet also. Yeah. And that guy... Um, quit his job, came with us, and fun fact, he and I are still together today. Whoa. So love on the road trip. Wow. <laughs> That's incredible. Yes. Um, that was how we met. <laughs> Amazing. So that's a fun story. Um, other than that, there really are. There are so many. Um, I would say mm -hmm. the one that sticks out the most is when we were in Seattle. We were starting to run out of money at that point, and we start to roll into Seattle. Um, if you've ever been, you know, the cliche is it's kind of rainy there a lot. Mm -hmm. um, so sure enough, it was raining when we rolled in. Um, we took a look around the city as we were driving around and walking around and said to ourselves, you know, everyone here kind of looks a little miserable. Maybe it's the weather. Maybe it's they're having a bad day. I don't know. But they, they don't look too happy. And so Heather and I, and at that point, um, our other two crew members, um, decided to go pick up some poster board 
at a drugstore, neon green poster board. And we just write smile on it. And then we just start walking around Pike Place Market, um, which is where they have lots of cool shops and it's known for their fish vendors who mm-hmm. yell out fish um, as you pass by. So we started walking around um, and we wanted to cheer people up, but we were also hoping to, at some point, utilize uh, Pike Place Market's um, they have this like musicians alley and I like to sing. And so Heather thought that it'd be a funny, great idea if I just randomly sing to see if we can get some tips for our road. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so we're walking around with our signs, making our way to this music er- area where, where I could potentially burst out in song. Um, and people just started reacting to our signs at first, as you might expect, we got a lot of looks like, Oh, who are these crazy kids? Or, yeah. oh, that's cute. They must um, not be from around here. <laughs> um, but eventually, because we, we made the round several times, people started to really get into it. And we saw the mood change. The vibe just changed. You know, we looked at this, this um, older woman who seemed really grumpy. But when she saw our sign, she smiled and she lit up and became a whole different person. The fish vendors who were yelling fish instead started yelling smile. And the, uh, the bus drivers who make their route around the area um, asked if they could put our sign on their window. And then a professional photographer stopped us in front of this. Uh, it was literally called a crumpet shop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we stopped in front of the window and he took this really poetic, like um, <laughs> philosophical looking photo of us with our smile signs. Yeah. Um, and so just lots of great stories. So. We eventually got to the music area. And as we're approaching this um, gentleman who's strumming on his guitar, uh, he looks like he's about to wrap up. So we start to walk over so we can like see if we can claim his spot when he leaves. Um, And we realize as we approach that he is blind, um, which matters because seconds later, someone accidentally kicks over his can of tips. So we, Heather and I look at each other because this is like our heroic call to action, right? We're like, oh, let's, let's go save the tips so that people don't steal his money and give it back to him. Um, so we start rushing over to try to get his money for him. And uh, an older man intercepts us and starts picking up the money. Um, Heather and I joke that he stole our good deed. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he picks up the money. He puts it back in the, in the tip jar. And uh, we arrive at that point and you're like, Hey, we saw what you did there. Thanks. We were about to do that. We're really glad that you, you were able to help him out. And he sees our smile signs and he's like, what in the world are you kids doing? We explain our whole story, our road trip, the smile signs, et cetera. And then without prompting, without asking, he pulls out his wallet and pulls out all of the contents of his wallet and gives it to us. And he says, here's some gas money. Wow. And so, yeah. And so I didn't have to sing. <laughs> I was hoping that we were going to get to a point in the story where I could have you go back and do a rendition of what you had performed that day. But I guess we're not going to be able to get that today. Uh, fortunately, uh, our, our destiny turned in another direction. <laughs> My question is, so it's 2005, right? Like what would you have sang had the opportunity been presented? Oh my gosh. I don't know. What's Probably your go-to? From Disney. <laughs> Let it go. <laughs> Yes, right. I love it. I love it. Oh man, that's incredible. So every step of the way along this journey, right? These things keep happening, right? You know, the universe 
the creator, whatever you believe, keeps placing, you know, these moments in front of you and things like that happen there. Uh, you know, you're kind of in this moment of like, you know, why wait? Why, you know, let's keep doing this. Let's keep doing this ourselves. Uh, I love the phrase sua sponte, right, of one's own accord. You know, your sua sponte leaders, volunteers out there along the way. At what point are you and Heather like, this is what we're going to do. When we get home, this is what we're going to do. Because I have to guess throughout this journey, these two and a half months, like we got to keep doing this. We got to do this with real intentionality. We got to give other people the opportunity to do this. So how does that trip dovetail into Activate Good and what has become this real purposeful life mission for you guys? Yeah, um, I think both she and I started out wanting to find our purpose mm -hmm. and knowing that it had something to do with this. Um, and that, you know, drove us to go on the, this crazy trip in the first place. Um, but I think, you know, it's it pretty obvious just a little bit into the trip that we had to keep doing this um, in some way. You know, we didn't start a movement. Um, so, you know, we didn't change the whole world with our road trip. Um, and that's OK. Change takes time. Um, but we did change ourselves. It was our first opportunity, I think, as young people to venture out on our own and um, think on our toes and have to deal with like situations coming up. Like one time in San Francisco, my car got broken into. Our entire, um, our camera was stolen with all mm. of our photos. So I only have a couple of photos from this road trip because this was before, um, you know, Facebook and, and it was easy to like post online. So we don't, we only have some left. Um, so yeah, it, I think it, it definitely changed us and the people we, we met directly in some way too. Um, we're still in touch with the guy we met in Seattle who, who helped us out as well. Very cool. Very cool. All right. So tell me about Activate Good and how, how things get to where the, the organization is today. And just, just give us the, the story. I mean, we got the backstory, right? We, we totally get the why we get where this thing came from, but tell us, tell us about, tell us about the mission and the work you guys are doing. Yeah. When we came back, we um, met up with our friend who ran the Kiwanis Club, who happened to be a lawyer, mm -hmm. which was helpful because he helped us set up the 501c3 nonprofit. Yep, um, mm -hmm, got our board of directors together and, and just went for it. Um, we were totally broke because <laughs> we spent all of our minimal savings on this road trip and came back without a job. <laughs> um, so, um, you know, we both had to, to do uh, other work in the meantime, um, take other jobs, et cetera, and, and do this, build it up on the side. Um, she actually left the organization about a year in to go back to school in Asheville, but I continued um, and really trying to figure out what does it look like to help people find their passion and go out and do good? Because it sounds like kind of like a vague, like what does that look like in action, mm -hmm. right? So what we figured out is we were developing this, um, myself and our, our board members um, over the, the couple of first years of our organization's existence was um, first making people aware of the opportunities. So we have to this day, um, a database of hundreds of volunteer opportunities that um, community partner organizations and nonprofits around the triangle share with us, post on our site, et cetera. So it's just first step, raise awareness. Then it's um, sometimes helping people reflect on what they're looking for from a service 
experience an opportunity. Everyone has different interests and different needs and schedule. And it's important to make getting involved accessible and as easy as possible so that more people can do it. And really sharing that message that um, it doesn't matter who you are, what your background is, what your schedule is, et cetera. There's always some way Mm -hmm. you can get If you've got five minutes or if you have five years, there's something you can do that makes a difference. So a lot of outreach and messaging around that and then helping people through conversations and events think through what's going to be a good fit for them. And then bringing people together through service. So we have our large days of service. Um, Our biggest one, at least pre-COVID, was the 9-11 day of service. We would have 100 service projects and 3,000 volunteers all out on that day doing good and meeting each other. And that's a key part of this because when you meet people you don't know doing service, you see them in the context of doing good. Maybe you disagree with them on other things. Maybe you don't know other parts of their story but you know that they want to get out and help their community just like you. Mm -hmm. So that helps you bridge bonds and build empathy with people who might be different from you, um, which is a really totally agree. Like, yeah, whoever somebody, I'm going to just say from a political standpoint, whoever they vote for every four Novembers, every fourth year, shouldn't matter as much as all the other attributes of their character and who they are and the things they care about and the work they do and the way they're working impact their community. We've let too much of that define who everybody is as if it's one or the other. There's so much more to life and to people and to all this than just those dynamics. But what we've seen unfortunately happen is it's, it's all of, well, you're here on this. You know, we can't, we can't even be in the same room together. No, stop, stop doing that. We Stop doing that. We got to come together based on the things we do. That 9-11 thing, I know why that day from what that day is, but why that day? Why is that day for you guys such a big day to have? Because all the service projects you're doing aren't necessarily, I would assume, directly tied to what happened to our nation on September the 11th, 2001, 20-year anniversary coming up this year. But why do you use that day to dig in for that many projects? Right. Um, It's a couple of reasons. One, it's a national day of service. Mm. So we're not just here in Raleigh doing it. We're we're joining other cities across the country. Um, And the day as a national day of service was started a couple years after 2001 by a gentleman whose brother was lost. uh, I think he was a firefighter in one of the towers. And he was wanting to carry on his brother's memory um, by making it a day of action where people do good and help their communities as a way of sort of reclaiming the day. And so I think why we decided to adopt it as as a local day of service was the spirit of that, of course, resonated with us. But also, um, we are of the age where many of us, myself included, grew up that day. You know, like that, that was a defining moment for my generation. Um, I'm a, I'm an older millennial, as they say, or God, what are they calling us? Geriatric millennial. <laughs> Geriatric I, can't, I can't even with that term. Oh no. I think I fall. <laughs> I do not subscribe group. to this. I still feel like I'm a teenager at heart anyway. Um, but we grew up that day, you know, that was a defining moment for our generation. And so I think for us, that was a day that was important to um, honor and recognize uh, people coming together doing good. 
Um, and there are other days of service that we do throughout the year, but that has become our, our biggest. Um, the pandemic obviously has changed a little bit of that um, and how we're able to approach it. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, before we go any further, the website is activategood.org. Tons of information on there. Look, if you're in the Raleigh area, right, if you're in and around, if you're hearing us and you're in and around where we're at, lots of good opportunities. There's also some just pretty neat things they're doing that I think people around the country are going to want to see about, learn about. And by the way, guys, listening to Amber today, and if you feel called to help them, you can go in and donate to their cause too and help them as well, which I highly recommend you do. Uh, 501c3s need every resource. Those nonprofits need every resource they can get. So activate good dot org uh, love what i'm hearing around the day of service you know and you're right it, it's it's sometimes it's just helping people find opportunity like hey i, I know i want to give and, and maybe it's given with your mental capacity right i am really sharp at strategic planning okay great let's find a place for you to do that or hey look i have resources great let's find some things you might care about to help you donate or maybe it's just hey i got some physical ability to go out and chuck some mulch great we got you, yep. right. One of the things yep. my buddies, my my F three friends and I do locally is every other Sunday at two o'clock in the afternoon, we're mowing five or six lawns connected with the carrying place in Cary and yep. C. Right when we go mow lawns for families who they're providing them affordable housing. For many, it's their first opportunity to have their own home. And, you know, when we go do those lawns, but you know what we can do, we can go spend two hours every other Sunday pushing lawnmowers and, and doing all that, right? We can, we can give that physical ability away. So it's helping them navigate things like that. I want to hear some success stories. I know you got, I mean, gosh, you guys have done so much. Uh, you've impacted so much and God, I can only imagine what this last year has been like and what opportunities that has brought. You know, you go back to when we talked to Dean from Rocky Top Catering, you know, a couple of weeks ago about, you know, the pandemic changed a lot of things, but it also brought to light where there was vulnerability, where they needed to help out. So, so may, yeah. maybe take me into the last year first, what's popped up from there. And then anything else that you've just seen along the way that that really kind of touches your heart. Yeah. And I think Dean is definitely right. Um, this year shined a light on a lot of issues that have been there, but now more people are aware of them and hopefully that will that will mean some more action. Um, I think one thing that we're really proud of is <clears throat> the community that we've we've built. Um, we have over 500 nonprofits and community partners that we work with um, and support through connecting people to volunteer needs to support their causes. Carrying Place is one of them, for example. Um, Maggie's group, Place at the Table is also one of them. Just this community. And that also includes over 30,000 people in the area who have said, I want to do something. They raised their hand. They signed up. They, they want to do something. Um, and over the past year, it, the logistics of it were very interesting because in March, about 95% of our volunteer opportunities had to be canceled <laughs> because they were in person. So we quickly had to pivot and adjust and do virtual volunteering and introduce people to new ways to still be involved in their community. And people stepped up. And that was exciting. One of the biggest projects we did last year was when the school system uh, had to shut down the schools, they realized that there were over 10,000 kids in our county that did not have internet access. Yep. That's crazy. 10,000 yep. kids, no internet access. Yep. So they weren't going to be able to learn remotely with 
their peers when they when the schools switched to virtual learning. So they called on us to help them figure out how we could configure 10,000 Wi-Fi hotspots in record time in order to get them out to the kids. So we worked with them, we developed a plan, and we mobilized over 200 volunteers last spring to configure over 10,000 Wi-Fi hotspots in four days. And they tell us four days, it would have taken weeks to do it. But that's the power, the people power, right? That's mm-hmm. that's how people who um, want to make an impact and are willing to to spend some time, that's the power that they have. And as we were doing this, a teacher reached out to us and she said that the project brought tears to her eyes because in her classroom, that's most of the kids. Mm-hmm. Most of the kids in her classroom were not going to have internet access. And so she was grateful. For the, for the work of these volunteers and, and for Activate Good. But I think that just goes to show that when you can come up with a plan and get people out there, you can, you can do a lot of good. Man, incredible. I and mean, you guys think about all the things we've got and, and put a little perspective on it, you know, um, put a little perspective on the thought that many kids were getting one square meal a day when they were at school that was taken away. Dean and those guys jumped in. Uh, many kids were able to learn when they were school that gets taken away. Folks activate good, jump in and 10,000 hotspots in four days. The work you're able to do there. That's people powered projects for good. Amber Smith. I love it. All right. Tell me about this young woman. You told me about a little bit before in this change the world program. I know that that impacted you quite a bit. Yeah. I think one of the most interesting and compelling things about service and getting involved in your community is that it's not one-sided. It's not just people helping a cause and then the people on the other side of that receiving help. Everyone gets involved um, and everyone who does get involved is also impacted. So we have a teen program. Um, before COVID, it was a summer program. So a couple of years ago, we were doing our Teens Change the World Summer Program, which is this program designed to bring in teens to do service with lots of different nonprofits in the area, but also to learn more about what it takes to create a social impact and build up their own leadership skills. So throughout the week, in addition to serving, they're also um, studying how to assess your community's needs, how to rally your friends to help out a cause you care about, et cetera. They're learning how to create their own social impact initiative uh, if that's what they want to do. And at the end of the week, they have an option of pitching their idea for their social impact project for a chance to win a small uh, mini grant to execute their idea from Activate Good. So throughout the week, um, we were working with these amazing teens. There's always amazing teens participating in this program. Um, But one young woman, um, she's very outgoing and and was coming up with some great ideas. And she decided she wanted to pitch her idea at the end of the week. So she gets up um, on this podium that we have set up for her to pitch her idea. And she starts telling a story of um, a young woman who had been the victim of human trafficking and how it impacted this young woman's life. And as I was watching her, she she had to pause multiple times to sort of gather herself. And at some point I got chills because I realized she wasn't talking about a hypothetical young woman, she was talking about herself. And her idea was to um, create and sell coloring books to raise money for helping other young women who are in that same situation. 
and it occurred to me at that point that she was telling her story and it was a way for her to reclaim her sense of agency and her power in the face of a horrible situation and being able to be told you can help others too was not a chore or an obligation for her. It was a sense of, of it, it gave her a sense of reclaiming her power. Um, and so that, that just was such a powerful experience on the side of seeing how, when you give back, when you help others, it transforms you as a person as well. Yeah. Sometimes even just giving someone a platform to have their voice heard, to see how that empowers them. Pretty amazing. Let me tell you something, Amber Smith. Earlier, you said you wanted to create a movement. You said, I don't know that I've created a movement. You know what you've done? You've created movement. You've created like, movement every step <laughs> of the way, right? Guys, you might not create a movement or you might not feel like you're creating a movement. But if you create movement every single day, look at what can be accomplished. Look at all that can be accomplished. If even it's in and around your own community, you know what? If even it's just in and around your own home, if you start there and you create some movement. So Amber Smith, you've created movement. Tip of the cap to you on that one. <laughs> just jot that down as we were talking. I said, you know what? I like what's happening here. All right, what's next? Then, all right, what, what's next for Activate Good? What's coming up next? Yeah, so as uh, the world and Activate Good included navigates coming out of this pandemic situation, we really want to take this opportunity to go deeper with our impacts. So we have introduced over the past year, lots of educational opportunities as well as service opportunities. We want to help people understand the issues in our community, why things are the way they are. Um, why do we have food insecurity? What are the, the deeper issues behind it? You know, how can we improve education for all, et cetera. And then how that connects to the acts of service and helping others that you can do. Because when we can help people understand things on a deeper level, they're going to be more informed and active change makers. So we want to take what we've been able to build up so far and then go deeper with it. Love it. Activategood.org is the website. Where else can they find you? Come visit us and follow us on social as well on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, all of them activate good. If you just search for activate good, you will find us and our logo. I know you can only hear me, not see me, but our logo is this little icon that um, it's a circle and it's supposed to resemble an earth and that has heart shaped continents and a lightning bolt because we want to activate people's hearts to go change the world. Um, and it looks like a little superhero icon. So if you see that icon on social media, that is the right, that's the right organization. That's the place to be. We'll be sure to include it on the page where this show is located uh, and in everything that we put out on social as well. Amber, I'm so grateful for your story, for taking time to share with us, for reminding everybody out there listening. They know, they know because they listen here. There's so much good happening. There's so many people who are willing to put service before self, whether that means even putting their own life on the line that we've had documented on this podcast. There's so many people that are feeling that strength of purpose like you are. And at the same time, finding real opportunities to impact their community. Amber, thank you so much. Thank you. Creating movement. She's Amber Smith. I'm Brian Jodas. And this has been Pick Up the Six Podcast. <laughs>